Hello and welcome back to another fascinating episode of the Bakersfield Health Channel. Today we are fortunate enough to be joined by not one, but two experienced medical doctors, Dr Alvarez and Dr Kumar. Dr. Carlos Alvarez, MD, is a doctor primarily located in Bakersfield, California, with multiple healthcare offices in the wide area. Dr. Carlos Alvarez has 40 years of experience. His specialities include family medicine, which is a doctor who specializes in caring for people of all ages at all stages of life, and internal medicine, which focuses on the diagnosis and treatment of conditions that affect the adult population, both acute and chronic. Dr. Alvarez believes that the best care can only be achieved when patients understand their conditions properly. As an internal medicine specialist, it is a real pleasure to welcome Dr. Alvarez back on the Bakersfield Health Channel. And also on the show is Dr. Kumar, who is a vascular specialist and medical director of Heart and Leg Centre, where you get vascular specialists, cardiologists, interventional radiologists and podiatrists under one roof. We have been lucky enough to have him featured on the show before, previously sharing his expertise in PAD, or peripheral arterial disease, as well as diabetes and amputations. Welcome to the show, Dr. Alvarez and Dr. Kumar. So today I wanted to talk more specifically about diabetes and the risk of lower extremity amputation. But I wanted to go further into this and discuss why this issue is affecting the Hispanic community in Bakersfield and what we need to do to fight it, of course. So for any new audience members, Dr. Alvarez, would you mind just sharing what first got you interested in working in the internal medicine sector? It's a great question. And, um, you know, I used to be a farm worker and I used to work in the fields here and go to school at the same time. So when I was a sophomore in high school, I knew I had to do something and that was to have a reasonable job so that I could feed my family and not just be a farm worker. So I began to become interested in medicine at that time, which is, uh, you know, being a sophomore. And I just stuck to it and I went through it. And every, every year that I got closer and closer to college, and then in college, and then obviously applying to medical school. So it became an early age that I wanted to do something. It was not anything, there was no lightning area that I said, oh, I'm gonna do this. No, I just knew that I needed to have a better job and get a good education and proceed on and then go on to obviously medical school. That's great. So in previous episodes, we've discussed in detail diabetes and its associated consequences. But Dr. Kumar, can you just briefly explain what type 2 diabetes is? Emily, um, see the type 1 is there is an absolute deficiency of the hormone insulin. But in type 2 diabetes, which is what we call is adult onset diabetes, it's really a relative reduction. And it's some actually a lot of these people have normal level of insulin or even high levels of insulin. The problem is they're not able to utilize it so that the glucose can be metabolized. So there is a resistance that develops to this hormone and that's what type 2 diabetes is. Okay, that's perfect. Thank you. And can you just please explain how diabetes can potentially develop into PAD or peripheral arterial disease? and therefore result in amputations. 
Emily, uh, diabetes, we call it a high level of blood sugar, but it's really a disease of the vascular system. With diabetes, we tend to develop and the process of the plaque buildup or the blockage in the arteries throughout the body accelerates. These people have blockage in their arteries and the circulation 10 to 15 years earlier than the people without diabetes. So that's, that's one of the problems. And if another issue with diabetes is it's not the only the big vessels, but mostly the small vessels that gets affected. So the blood vessel that's going all the way into the ankle, into the feet, those the, where, that's where we find the blockages in these patients. And if the end organs, if the organs at the bottom of the feet, tissues at the bottom of the feet don't get blood supply, and there's any infection or ulcers, uh, those uh, don't heal. And that's when we start uh, taking the foot off. And that's where we can make a difference, not only in preventing those, but if that happens, then the circulation can be restored and amputations can be prevented. So, Dr. Alvarez, why is it so important that a diabetic patient seeks the help of a specialist doctor and doesn't leave it untreated? Well, one of the things that we do as primary care physicians, we see the patient, we talk to them, and if they have something that's called claudication, which means pain in the legs when they walk, and by that time, it's already a little farther down the road, so we would like to catch them a little earlier. But when they start complaining of pain when they walk, the numbness, the swelling of the lower extremities and the feet, at that time, what we do is time to get them to have an evaluation by a physician that deals with vasculature. And that way we can do ultrasounds and see where the blockages are in the arteries. And then we're able to either, either medicate them with certain medications that prevent clotting if they're not so tight as far as the atheromas, which is the closure of the artery. And then, or they can go ahead and do the stents or they may have a, a, the need for a surgical procedure. But right now with the stents that we have, and then the procedures of opening the arteries like Dr. Kumar does, then that helps us prevent ulcers, swelling, better circulation, less claudication, which is the pain when they walk. All those things have to be taken care of. If we do it at an early time period of their life, then we prevent the ulcers, we prevent the amputations, we prevent the grief that they have because of pain. Sometimes when they come to me, they have already a dark looking toe. By that time, it's an urgent that we go ahead and do the studies and get those arteries opened up so that they don't lose the toes and really so they don't lose their feet and part of their leg. So it's, it's important that we catch it early so the walking hurts, the, the swelling of the legs or the tingling, which is what we call neuropathy, all those are advanced stages. We need to get them evaluated more internally so that we prevent the loss of limb. Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, uh, what Dr. Elbridge just mentioned about some of the symptoms these people have, they have discomfort in their feet and numbness, and they have been told they have neuropathy. Actually, uh, neuropathy, uh, once you improve the blood circulation to the nerves, even the nerves wake up and start working. Uh, and one of the another symptoms these people have they have uh, nocturnal symptoms. They can't sleep well. They have cramps in the feet and the legs at night. And that's, uh, so this is very critical uh, as what Dr. Elbridge said, to catch them early 
and fix them so that they don't develop ulcers or amputations. Absolutely, that's so important then to catch it early. So that's given us a great overview and introduction to the subject. So now let's look more specifically at the patients in Bakersfield and specifically the Hispanic community. So US adults overall have a 40% chance of developing type 2 diabetes, but for the Hispanic community, it goes up to 50% or even more. So previously we've mentioned about the kind of issues around diet and that being kind of a main factor for diabetes. Is there a difference in Hispanic culture and cuisine that potentially increases the risk of developing diabetes? It's a multifactorial issue. For example, we have the grandparents if they were diabetics who's going to transfer and it was going to go down the line to their children. If mom and dad have diabetes, either one, you're going to have 50% chance of having diabetes. So genetically, we have an issue. The other thing is dietary. We go ahead and eat certain foods that create quite a bit of weight and the weight itself increases a more resistance that the insulin doesn't work because of weight. And that's what we call, that's why we call it insulin resistance. So these factors are the ones that are a problem. Now in Kern County or Bakersfield or this whole area here is one of the nests in the whole country. There's several nests where we have a large number of patients with high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, and that triad with obesity makes it more of a high number of diabetics with many problems here in this community. And that's why we have some, a higher percentage. So the educational process for this whole community is imperative. So they are able to know that weight loss or having their weight down with exercise, monitoring what they eat. And it's very difficult culturally. I know that personally, that when you love certain foods and you know that if you eat them too much, you're gonna gain weight, but it's kind of hard to get away from that. So the dietary issue, the exercise issue. So all those are the multifactorials that lead to this problem in Kern County of having a high percentage of diabetics with all these problems that we have talked about. Absolutely. and I. I definitely understand when there's foods that you shouldn't eat but are too tempting. So I definitely understand that. Leading on from that, I guess, it kind of all falls into the same category. We know that people from ethnic minorities are less likely to visit the doctors even when they need to. What impact does that have on the community? It's, it's very clear to see that. Many of them, and I'm going to mention some political issues here, many of them are undocumented. So if they're undocumented, they're afraid to go to the doctor because many of them are farm workers. That's a big issue. The ones that can go get medical care, they get medical care and sometimes the medical care is a little late. But we have a lot of disasters happening because they wait till the very end. When they come and see us with sores and open ulcers in the bottom of their feet because they're wearing boots, and they're working and working until they can't anymore. And then they come to see the doctor. So the hesitance of going to doctors is a big issue in Kern County. Also monetary. If they earn 70 to $80 a day and they go pay $100 to see a doctor just for the visit, 
looked at. That's also an issue that they cannot afford to see the physician or they're not going to lose a day of work to go see the physician because they count on that to survive. The other thing is that they can probably go off hours in the evenings and also on the weekends. And those doctors that open on the weekends, then they have the ability to see patients and the disasters that occur out there in our community. So the deficiency of funds, the undocumented, and also not only undocumented, but the patients that don't have the insurance, it makes a, makes a lot tougher for them to come and see the physician. Okay, thank you. I think that's a really important thing to talk about and to educate other communities from different backgrounds about because some people might have the view that they just don't want to or, you know, they, they, they're lazy. But like you say, it's, it's so many different factors that might be stopping them from going to the doctors. So I think that's a really important topic to speak about. So over to you, Dr. Kumar. Why else do you think that Bakersfield has such a high level of diabetes and PAD-related amputations? Emily, uh, one of the very uh, important factors to understand is patients develop these symptoms very slowly. Mm. And the symptoms, because of neuropathy, they don't feel that much discomfort or pain. They do have cramps at night. They wake up and they just feel this is part of aging. Okay, Symptoms so occurs symptoms are so uh, slow to develop that they don't even complain another problem is hispanic community they don't complain they want to take care of the other person before they want to take care of themselves so elderly people they just stay quiet they don't complain they don't talk about it until the very end when there is a sore that is not healing and that's hurting and that's very late one very important aspect of this is five-year death rate in patients who have peripheral artery disease is 32 percent however once they develop a sore or ulcer any small one even you know they may even not notice it and it may not be hurting but if there's a sore on the foot in a diabetic patients five-year death rate is 85 percent so just think about it developing a sore is a death sentence and they don't pay attention until that happens. So Dr. Alvarez, when he mentioned that early detection and taking care of it before they develop the ulcer, it's so critical. And the way they find that out is if they are not walking well, they're walking slower, or they are having discomfort in their feet and legs on walking or at rest or at night, they have cramps at night, they feel neuropathy symptoms, like they are off balance, they are not able to, uh, feel their foot, how they are putting their foot on. Those are all the symptoms of advanced peripheral artery disease already. Okay, so that's, or even before that, they should start getting screening. If you have diabetes within 10 years, most people develop some sort of peripheral artery disease. So I think the prevention and paying attention to those symptoms before they develop that ulcer or the death sentence I call is so critical. Wow. That's quite some shocking information for someone that doesn't necessarily know the landscape that you're dealing with. So we know that diabetes is a huge issue in Bakersfield and across the USA, but are there any government policies or initiatives being set out to help us tackle this epidemic? 
I'm going to answer to that, that the government does make it available for us to educate. They do allow the uh, pharmaceutical companies to give us information to educate. Mm -hmm. And we are able to have um, patients come in and hold education classes so that we can be compensated for the time in groups. And so those are one of the areas that we can say that they do, uh, they do allow us to do the educational process. The education is the number one thing that we can do for diabetics. We can treat them all day long. They can see the doctor, they can see the nurse, but if we educate in everything, it's very common sense, education is the key. But if we educate in large numbers, whether it's through media, radio, television, whatever we can, if we educate, educate, that's gonna be the number one thing that we can do. And if the government allows us to do more or they invest in that a lot more, we will be able to prevent a lot of the, the devastating uh, uh, problem of diabetes. Now, in the next 10 to 20 years, the number of diabetics in the world is going to be over 300 million, wow. which would be the amount of the United States. So when you have India, the United States, you have Mexico, South, South America, every, all the countries, when you put them all together, you're going to have over 300 million diabetics. You have the pre-diabetics, the full diabetics, and the ones that are in stage that have blindness, they have kidney disease, they already had amputations, they have all these deleterious effects on hemodialysis. This is a large problem with diabetes and it's going to eat our lunch financially because of the fact that it's getting out of hand and it's further, further getting along. I'd like to also add, uh, government is actually uh, doing a lot in their capacity. They are paying for all the uh, uh, necessary visits or diagnostics or treatments or even uh, for preventing amputations. Actually, government wants to prevent amputation because it costs half a million dollars per amputation to the government. So government wow. is very interested in preventing amputations. Because if, imagine you are not uh, able to do anything after you have amputation, then government has to have those extra help and people around you and they pay for it. So government wants to pay for it. Uh, I think the, where there is a uh, problem is government efforts in educating the communities. Okay, that's where we fail. And I guess that's the whole reason we're doing this podcast, right? To educate people and to give people the information that they need um, on the subjects that we're talking about now. So, Dr. Kumar, if a diabetic patient comes to you at the Heart and Leg Centre, what are your first steps towards helping them A, manage their diabetes and B, avoid a potential amputation? Emily, this is a very good question. You know, when we see these patients with diabetes, we take a very detailed history about their symptoms, how they are uh, sleeping and walking and uh, how they are taking care of their uh, foot. Foot care is extremely important, you know. So when we examine them, we pay very special attention to their circulation, uh, not only in the uh, legs and feet, but diabetes is a systemic problem. Where they have the blockage in the neck arteries, they have the blockage in the heart arteries, everywhere. So we actually take a detailed evaluation to see what areas are affecting. Because we not only take care of the legs and circulation in the feet, but we are a full cardiovascular center and we ourselves actually we are a circulation uh, practice 
where we look at the circulation going through all the uh, organs in our body. After looking at all that, we evaluate if there is signs of reduced blood flow to the uh, any of the areas, we will evaluate for that and that's easy to do, like an ultrasound of the uh, legs and lower extremities uh, and that will give us a result within an hour. Okay, We'll know before they leave what level of the blood uh, circulation they have and where the blockage is and what can be done. Let's say, for example, if the patient has ulcer or gangrene in the foot, we evaluate, we know within an hour what the problem is. We actually would take them to the angiography suite the same day or within 24 hours and try to restore the blood circulation because it's very critical to improve the circulation. Otherwise, we call it time is tissue. The more you wait, the more they continue to lose the tissue. And that's very critical. Absolutely. So again, repeating the key message here that time really is critical. And Dr. Alvarez, what advice would you give someone at your surgery who was worried about developing diabetes? You know, what lifestyle changes can they make to reduce the chances of developing it? We see that every day in our office. Patients that come in that are brand new patients, they want to have a physical. We find that they're pre-diabetics or diabetics. Then we actually definitely explain to them that dietary is definitely something that they need to look at. But one of the things that I do is I look at their weight and I circle their weight on the, on the chart that I have in front of me and I show it to them. And then I ask them, I tell them to give me so many pounds a week or a month and that way we can reduce it by little. Small steps will allow us to get there. And I tell them that if they lose five pounds to six pounds, six pounds, it could mean one drop in the hemoglobin A1C. And I explain to them what that is, is the report card of the diabetic, how well he's doing and what it means for the last three months. So there's a lot of education that I do. And that is why my waiting period is so long when they get to see me, because I talk and talk and talk and tell them what they need to do so they understand regarding a, a, a problem that they have. In men, in Hispanic men, they don't like to come to the doctor. The wife brings them in. So when I have them in front of me and I find certain problems, then I take the time to explain to them what needs to be done. And if I gain their, if, they're, if, they, if, they, if I gain their trust, they'll come and see me over and over again, but not until then. So there's a, a critical time when we first see them. And then after that, they see you all the time. They take care of, they pay attention to you. And that's what we can do. So it's critical that we take the time to educate them when we have them there. And we can go over the blood pressure, the weight, the sugar, and all of those are critical points. And every time I see them every few weeks or months, then we go over one area, tackle it, and go to the next one. And that's how we're able to gain headway in whatever illness they have, whether it's high blood pressure, obesity, or diabetes. That's, that's wonderful, actually. I asked Dr. Elvis one time because when I see his patients, they won't allow us to do anything unless we have blessings from Dr. Alvarez, you know. So I was asking Dr. Alvarez, what do you do to develop that such wonderful rapport with these patients? I think uh, I know uh, the answer now. <laughs> the trust. The trust is, is paramount in anything that you do with anything you do, especially in medicine. They trust you, they come see you, and 
you're like that rabbi. You have to, you just about have to give be okay to get things done. So that works. Yeah, I call that rabbi of the Hispanic community. <laughs> <laughs> we try, we try hard and we work hard and we take care of them. Absolutely. And that's so great to hear. And Dr. Kumar, you're getting some of his secrets here. So extra bonus for you. And finally, if diabetes or peripheral arterial disease does lead, unfortunately, to an amputation, how can that affect someone's life, both physically and mentally? Well, I think uh, physically we all know, you know, they are uh, dependent. I uh, have seen patients where they get one leg amputated uh, and you know that 50% of the time the other leg will be amputated within the next two to five years. Wow. Imagine somebody has both the legs cut. How are they going to go to even bathroom? They're going to go to the kitchen. How are they going to move? And they have to keep waiting for somebody. So this is very uh, distressful physically. And of course, mentally, uh, just the thought that they're going to get amputation. I can see patients. When I talk to them, they, they've never even heard that they may need amputation. Actually, this is very interesting. I see patients with ulcers, even gangrene, but they never heard that they may get amputation. They have not even thought about it. The very first time they hear, oh, I'm going to get amputated, and you can see their face as life has just gone out of their body. Okay, so this is this just hearing that you may need amputation or I may need amputation is so devastating. Okay, just think about when they have it and what they go through. A lot of patients tell me I'd rather die before I have amputation. It's so common to hear. That's so sad, isn't it? It is very sad. Unfortunately, they don't know that this may happen until. It, just, it is happening until they are being scheduled. I had a patient uh, in the hospital uh, where I, I was consulted to prevent amputation. But when I heard, when I talked to the patient, they said, the moment they told me that you're going to need amputation, and this happens to be on Saturday and they want to do an amputation Monday, they said, I want to get out of here. Unfortunately, they can't because there's so much problem with their legs and feet. Okay. Because we were able to prevent amputation of the patient. We were able to restore the blood circulation all the way into the feet. But this, this, is, this is very uh, taxing, both physically and mentally. We're human, so it must take a massive toll on someone's mental health alongside all of the physical challenges that they have to face, maybe for the rest of their lives. So now just to kind of wrap up, I want to give you both a minute to kind of give your final thoughts on this episode. So, Dr. Kumar, if you wanted to go first. Emily, I think what I'd like to mention that, as Dr. Alvarez has pointed out, early detection can lead to early management of these patients. And so, who are at-risk patients for amputation? I would like to say patients who have history of diabetes of over 10 years, and especially if they have history of smoking. These two together means they do have significant peripheral artery disease, whether they feel it or not. And then early detection means people should pay attention to their symptoms. Are they sleeping well? Do they waking up at night because of the cramps or achy discomfort and numbness? And are they walking well? Are they walking slower now as compared to before? Or they are being off balance? Or they have been told they have neuropathy? Okay, 
those patients should get a evaluation for vascular disease and that can be done by any primary care doctor as well or if they need to uh, they can make an appointment with us it's very critical it's very easy to detect and rather easier to fix it when it is not leading to ulcers or gangrene and amputation that's great thank you so much dr kumar and dr alvarez what are your kind of last thoughts to start off we're going to go with um, preventive medicine that means that you see the patient, you find their problems, you tell them what they can do to prevent further issues, further problems, loss of life, loss of parts of the body. And once you go ahead and explain all that to them, many of them do understand and listen. Now, with diabetes, we concentrated quite a bit on that, but also people that just have simple hypertension, they can have narrowing of the of the well the coronary arteries but in the lower extremities people lose their extremities they don't have to be a diabetic they can lose their extremities based on the fact that they had high cholesterol hypertension and they can lose their extremities that's another area that we need to look at and not be blindsided by the fact oh they don't have diabetes so we have to look at all that the other is just the educational process and also you want to make sure that the patients understand that you care as a physician if you show them that you do care about their health, they are very grateful for that. If you go in there and you don't care, you see them for a few seconds and then you're gone, people lose trust. So trust is one of the biggest things that patients have. They trust you to come in, like going to the priest. Going, they trust you. They tell you lots of things. And what are you going to do to take care of me? And that is a huge job that we have as physicians. Primary care, we're at the front lines. We're the first responders. And it's up to us to catch the diagnosis way before it starts to have other symptomatology. And if we can catch those, guide the patients in the right direction for referrals to take care of their health, that is paramount for the primary care physician. So we have to do that. Be alert, ready to go with some of these patients. When they have the problems with their eyes, go to the ophthalmologist on time. Problems with the kidneys, on time. Same thing with lower extremity symptomatology. Let's get them to the cardiologist or get them to the vascular surgeon. Dr. Kumar's a cardiologist and also a vascular interventionist. So there we can go ahead and get the patients to him early and we can prevent a lot of grief and a lot of psychological trauma once they lost their leg or their foot or maybe both extremities. So we don't want to get there. We want to prevent all this. And how we do it is by having the patient trust us and educating them, which MD, doctor means teacher. Both really important messages from both of you there. And if, if someone's sat at home listening or watching this and they want to get in touch with your team, Dr. Alvarez, where can they find you? They can look in the, in the media to go ahead and find, but I'll just, give you my regular number that we use, 661-489-5999. That's the number you call, that's the central number, and they can take you to any one of our locations that we have here in Kern County. That's brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you both, Dr. Kuma and Dr. Alvarez. It's been really interesting chatting to both of you. Thank you, Emily, and uh, thank you, Dr. Alvarez. Uh, thank you very Carlos, much. Carlos, that's been wonderful. Appreciate thank it. you, thank you. Very nice. Mm -hmm. 
Thank you to both our amazing physicians for joining us on the show to share their expert knowledge, insight and experience with us. So that's it for our show today. We do hope that you've learned the practical steps that you need to live a healthier life. This podcast is brought to you by the Bakersfield Health Channel. Now, if you wish to speak to someone about any of the issues that we've discussed today, you can do so by visiting www.heartandleg.com or contacting 661 324 4100. You can also visit www.alvarezhealthcare.com to find a centre close to you. Dr. Alvarez operates in several areas in Bakersfield, including Truxton, Greenfield, Lamont and Shafter. And please do share this show with anyone that you think might benefit from the information that you've learned today. You never know, it might just be the helping hand that someone needs. From the Bakersfield Health Channel, may you walk stronger and live longer.